Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with... This is James. And so, can I get something off my chest that really kind of made me mad yesterday? Okay. Yeah, go for it, James. So, I I don't watch cable news. I kind of hate it. Um, Some more than others. And my mom is a viewer of the one that I generally hate the most. And... um, one of their people on television the other day was questioning our involvement in Ukraine, saying that most Americans couldn't even find it on a map. Well, I have something to say about that. Okay. I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and in Iraq everywhere. <laughs> and I believe that they should, our education here in the U.S. should help the U.S. Or should help South Africa or should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we can be able to build up our future. Take that cable news. Oh, that's awesome, James. Oh, I well love it. said, sir. Well, well said. said. Well said. Well said. Here, here. Huzzahs all around. So you, so you don't like CNN? <laughs> Actually, I not particularly, but they're not no, the ones I have the most. But yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so anyway, that's so, what we're doing this week. <laughs> that was a quick derail. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> Part three of four of our deep cuts yep. tournament. Deep deep cuts. Part three. Part three. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of curious if you guys noticed last time we had a little bit of a theme. Uh, did anybody pick up on any sort of theme this time around with the songs? It's not as heavy uh, as last time, I don't think. Right? Some of the matchups were really random and weird. I mean, like my song versus James's that will pop up uh, later on. I did not pick up on the theme this time around as well as I did the other ones. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't really either. I was just curious if you guys, because last time it was what it was basically like we all want to off ourselves was the theme. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just wait until you get to my first song. But but if we try hard enough, we can make it through. Yeah. yeah. See, at the end, there's a lot of whimsy like uh, that Proto Men, which are kind of like an 80s tribute band that sound like Rick Springfield almost. Um, yeah. Squirrel Nut Zippers, if you remember them from the 90s. Wallflowers are definitely a throwback. And then you have the Star Fucking Hipsters versus Jars of Clay. (laughs) That's amazing, by the way. I'm looking forward to that matchup. Yeah, yeah. We didn't plan this, by the way. That was the random generation. Nice. (laughs) I mean, musically, they're very similar. So the algorithm pulls together. Yeah. They could be. I think they're on the same record label. Yeah. Well, that's actually their side project when they're not recording as drawers to play. Oh, there you go. They perform as. <laughs> so I mean, we, that's uh, nice. we probably should say, dear listener that is tuning in for the first time ever. Again, we're loosely using the term deep cut. Right. right. Yeah. It'll definitely, I think, come up with some of these. Uh, well, that's going to come up a few times. Little known <laughs> band named U2. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've never heard of Ut. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a two. My bad. They're an indie band. Um, Ut, Bob Dylan, and um, 
like you know they're they don't have a big following but maybe they'll get some more fans here what, what, yeah. what's that, that lead singer's first name boner i mean geez what a weird name it is a weird name yeah you too yeah total total rip off of the recording artist the fly are you guys familiar with him oh yes i'm a big fan yeah um yeah. actually guys totally trying to copy <laughs> off of his, he's doing he actually looks a lot like this dude McFisto who used to pop up in some songs in the nineties. Oh, any first-time listeners are tuning out right now. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of what was that vampire uh, stable, James? Oh, the, what, the joke the joke is over, but yeah, as I say, Mephisto was part of the brood, but never mind. <laughs> All right. Um, you guys Speaking of, one last yeah. sign and Nick, you would get this too. Bill, I may have sent you this anyway because I think it's hilarious. Have you ever, have I ever sent you the YouTube video called Open Gangrel Style? No. <laughs> it's Open Gangrel Style, except someone just superimposed a picture of like this vampire wrestler's face Gangrel over top of Psy. <laughs> and That's awesome. Yeah, and they have some other wrestler faces in there. It's way funnier than it should be by that just yeah. It's nothing more. Send, send that to the full group. That way Joseph is like, what the? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure, didn't he dance somewhat like that on occasion? Or am I totally just like making that up? I could be making that up. You mean Gangrel? Yeah. I don't remember. Oh yeah, he's the one that came out. He had always had the like the chalice full of blood. Never mind. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, you know what? It's not on YouTube anymore, but I do have it saved <laughs> on my computer. So of course you do. <laughs> I might have to figure out how to upload this to YouTube. It's Just never to... completely deleted, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the first matchup. matchup. Is this is little this known little... artist named Bob Dylan? Shelter from the Storm, which was me. Well, I've heard newborn babies crying like a moaning dove. An old man with broken teeth stranded without love. Do I understand your question, man? Is it hopeless and forlorn? Come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Versus Unleash the Archers Northwest Passage. Is that the full title? Yeah, that's it. That's you, Bill. Is that right? Yep. Yes, I'm a big fan, right? Love Bob Dylan, and I think <coughs> if I could be wrong, but I don't think we've had him on the podcast yet. Um, actually, Josh, correction: this exact song has been. Are you freaking serious? <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah I'm awesome. pretty sure I've heard this song before. It was but was it a cover? Grade. 
No, it's probably you because you love you love it, right, James? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I realized that like right when I sent it, I was like, crap. I mean, I'll, I'll take the vote, you know. <laughs> but also, I was trying to go. I mean, it's hard to go. I mean, you could go like obviously super obscure and like no one's ever heard of it. But I was trying to go. So, so I was reading about the song today, and I will say that it is there was some ranking. Where did that go? There was some ranking of um, Bob Dylan songs, and it was 66 on the list. So it is like, I mean, it's it's definitely more of a deep cut than like some, you know, I don't know. It's hard for me to like be objective. Like, I don't know what people know of him, but it's not like one of his bigger songs. Other than apparently it wasn't Jerry Maguire, which, you know, I don't, (laughs) I don't rewatch that movie a lot. So I kind of forgot that, but um it's just a song I like a lot of his. I mean, really, it doesn't have anything too like significant for me, other than just I was trying to find one that was somewhat lower on the, you know, not like a Rolling Stone or something like that, just to have Bob on on a list. So um, I like his like songs where it's kind of, you know, I'm sure there's like musical words for this, but it's like. It's kind of the same style over and over, like, you know, it ends with the same line, like every stanza or whatever. Um, And he just kind of keeps going back to it and changes it up a little bit. And there's not really like a full on chorus. So, yeah. So I love the song. Bob Dylan rules the end. (laughs) Nice. So, James, I would say that's the next level version of you putting in a Foo Fighters song last time. Uh, He's playing for your vote. Right, yeah. He he didn't mean to do it, but as fate would have it. (laughs) If you believe his bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I also was was trying not to pick like a 10... A lot of his that I love are like 10 minutes, and I'd already done that a few times, so I was trying to cool it on the 10-minute song. (laughs) Yeah, you know by now that that's a losing battle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I texted Josh today, like, I have a version of this song I like even better than this one. And it's still Bob Dylan, just like it's peppier with more harmonica and things like that. And it's like two minutes longer, I think. Yeah. Bill and I both have ADD. That shit don't fly. No. Long song. Unleash the archers. Yeah. So, um,. So going back to a band that I, I we had last time around, I think of mine, I think yeah, I was on that was the Real McKenzie's. So the first time, the first song of theirs I ever heard was their cover of this song, and this is a cover. Um, and I didn't know anything about this song at all, and I freaking fell in love with it immediately. Uh, so, anyways, this was originally recorded by a Canadian folk singer named Stan Rogers. And I came across a video of the lead singer from um, Unleash the Archers where I didn't realize they were a Canadian band. Uh, and she was talking about how this song is like the unofficial national anthem of Canada because this is so well known and loved up there. And um, <clears throat> so aside from this, this version of the song being super awesome and how it kicks up towards the end and everything, but like the background of the song with like referencing the Franklin expedition. And are you guys familiar with this thing at all? 
No. Okay. I'm so, negative. All right. So uh, you're going to have to indulge me because I want to give you some of the history of it. Yeah. So I'm going to put in a picture in the text group. So this was when they're talking about the Northwest Passage, like that was like the holy grail that um, European countries were looking for, which was a northern sea route that they could take to connect the Pacific Ocean to the Atlantic. So they wouldn't have to go through or I'm sorry, uh, uh, you know, south of South America and around. And basically any country that could find the sea route between the Atlantic and the Pacific would instantly become like obscenely rich and well known and all that because that would cut the time in half. And essentially there is a long history of expeditions going out and then either everybody dies or most of everybody dies. So in 1845, uh, they, they, England sent out two ships. One was called the Erebus and one was called the Terror. And they, I was watching a video about it just to kind of brush up on the history of it. And the guy who was doing the video compared these ships and how they were outfitted as essentially like the space shuttles of the time. So they had like the best equipment of the time. They had, uh, they were better outfitted for an Arctic expedition than any other ships that had gone previous. Um, and the main technology that they had was they had a steam powered um, propeller basically. And that steam, you know, running through the ship also kind of heated it. And the, the other main thing was, is that they had canned food because at that point, like canned food was a newer thing. So they had a crap load of food, you know, essentially a heated ship and everything. And they set out blah, blah, blah. And they freeze in with the ice in the first winter. That's not a big deal. The ice thaws in the summer that first year they go off. And then what happened was the next winter was like one of the worst winters on record and the ice froze so badly that it didn't thaw the next spring or summer. And on top of that, the food was so hastily canned that most of it had spoiled <clears throat> and they couldn't eat it. And the cans were sealed in lead. So not only because that was before, you know, we knew how horrible lead was for everybody, especially when they were eating it. So these guys had no food, and the food they had was contaminated with lead. Oh, and my what's, gosh. What's fascinating about this is that nobody really knew what happened to these guys until, like, the 1980s. So they left 1845. No one heard anything from them. Uh, so Franklin was the lead on it, and he died early on, we found out. His wife tried desperately to get people to go looking for him. And it was reported that she would even stand out in the winter with no jacket and no shoes on. So she could like connect with knowing that her husband was stuck in the Arctic. And I know I'm going kind of long on it, but it's, this is fascinating. So it wasn't until 1848, they finally sent people to look for them. And when they went looking for the crew, they couldn't find the ships. They couldn't find anybody. It was like 129 guys. And they were communicating with the Inuit tribes that lived in the area. 
and the Inuit tribes were like, yeah, we, we have seen like white people basically wandering around here and we came across some and they were cannibalizing each other. And we, we saw this guy and he was out with a crew of people, but he was so far away and the ships are over there. Like they knew where all the stuff was. They even found like where some of the, the indigenous people of Canada had taken some of the muskets and like hammered them down into spears. And so when news got back to England, everybody's like, well, those people are savages. They're, they don't know what they're talking about, which is obvious bullshit. So yeah. it wasn't until the 1980s they found here. Let me send it through the text. They found the graves of three of the men who had died early in the expedition and they buried them. And since it's in an Arctic place, they turned into ice mummies. And they were able to do analysis on their tissues, and that's when they saw high levels of lead poisoning, blah, blah, blah. And so when they talk about, like, leaving behind lonely cairns of stone in the song is because they left stores of food in these rock cairns, and they even left notes of, like, what was going on. Uh, and over time, as more discoveries were made, they found evidence where they, these guys, unfortunately, had to turn to cannibalism. Because the ships were frozen, and they decided, like, we just have to walk the 800 miles back. There's no other option for us. And there are reports that some of these guys were still found wandering around the wastes. And if the rumors are true, that means that these guys were out on the ice for, like, 12 years surviving after the initial um, expedition. And I just learned this this week, actually, that the wrecks of the ships, the Erebus and the Terror, were just recently found uh, underwater, like, within the last two or three years. Oh, my and gosh. Was, yeah. And yeah. so, and, and still to this date, like, nobody knows everything that happened. So it's just this awful story of early exploration and how it went bad and you know, just kind of like, you know, it's kind of taken a look, like, viewed as, like, the hubris of man and everything. And, and there was a phrase that was used at the time, like, in describing it, like, you know, and it's not the first time, but it's like, you know, man proposes and God disposes, you know, uh -huh. that whole thing. Anyway, so this song is awesome because I'm a history nerd and I love this story. So the first time I heard it, it was super great. And also, like, the connection of, like, the desire for an adventure and the desire for the unknown. And I love how like the, the, the artist, you know, uh, Stan Rogers is referring to himself as the tardiest of explorers. Like he's following the footsteps of these other explorers as well. Like, um, you know, Kelso, you know, talking and that I looked him up. He's a Canadian explorer who described a sea of flowers when he saw the Canadian prairies and all that. So uh, it's a great metal song that's heavily dosed in history. And that's why I freaking love it. So there we go. That's my dissertation. <laughs> so Bill, I'm just going to throw this out there. You should yeah. do a history nerd podcast. Cause that was fascinating. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank Dude. you very much. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Well, and the other thing, too, if I can add into it, there's this really uh, great author named Dan Simmons who writes really awesome historic fiction that is horror based. 
and he wrote a novel called The Terror, and it was like this 1,200-page novelization of what happened with these guys, but then he throws in this awesome supernatural aspect of of what, you know, you know. so it's, it's, it's the historic side of it, but it's also like a, a horror side of it, and they AMC did a miniseries of it that was super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, so like one of the things they talked about, like, is the challenge of Arctic exploration is that they couldn't map anything because the landscape was constantly changing when the ice would shift. So these guys would be one place and they would have no idea where they were later because things had moved around on them. And, you know, in some of these cases like the, the, well, another part of it was that Inuit, uh, people living in the area reported finding the ships. And it's just kind of like how European people can be assholes sometimes. Like, and they would they were telling the the people like the ships are over there. We saw them. There's bodies in the ship where we think some of the men went back uh, for shelter, and everyone just ignored them. They're like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so it's it's just fascinating. Like they the the paper record they have where they went back and they left notes and they went back. And they wrote more notes like what had happened. And from there, they just disappeared from history. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Bill. Europeans have no history of racism whatsoever. No, 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 not at all. Right. Much less Americans. Oh, my gosh. We learned from watching you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I'll go first on this one. Um, about, yeah, Bill's song, it's super popular in Canada. So back in 2005, there was this, um, it's up in Canada. So do you guys know what CanCon is? The Canadian content laws up in Canada? No. All right, so they're pretty cool. So essentially what it is, is that um, I actually pulled this up so I could talk about it tonight. So with radio airplay, 40% of what is played has to be by Canadian musicians, unless it's um, classical music. 55% of a, of a television station's content over a year or 50% a day has to be created in Canada. And so those awesome. are the hand-con laws. Yeah, Canadian content. They kind of go out of their way to make sure that their own stuff is being used mostly um but one of the shows up there is this thing called 50 tracks so back in 2005 they made a list of uh what they thought were like the 50 quintessential key songs that represented canada and the original version of this song northwest passage was ranked fourth of the top 50 songs in canadian history dang guess what it was behind what Oh, Canada. It was behind Heart of Gold. For a song called Four Strong Winds, which I don't know. And The Bare Naked Ladies, If I Had a Million Dollars. No, it's not. Yes, what? yes it is. That's insane. <laughs> that's awesome. That was the one that's like, what? <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I love the song. I thought it was great. Uh, your story was killer. And it was... It's a great anthem, you know, like a good anthem. Somebody can sing really well no matter their level of intoxication, right? Mm-hmm. 
so this is uh, very good. Like, for just one time. Anybody could do that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bob Dylan, I, the quote I have for him is from Bono, where he said, every songwriter after him carries his baggage, and I would proudly carry his baggage any day. <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite Bob Dylan song, so I'll vote for Bob Dylan here, but I'll confess... This version and Northwest Passage, I liked about equally. I'm really just trying to create a father versus son matchup so they can go to war. Dylan versus Dylan. Because <laughs> we got the yes. wallflowers later. Oh, on. nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Bob Dylan, one vote. So I'll so, be the dissenting vote in this. Um, I will be voting for Unleash the Archers because... The whole time listening to this song, I kept thinking, this is what, like, what I can compare this to is what it would sound like if, uh, if, uh, oh, crap. I just totally lost my analogy. Who's the, the guy that does all the documentaries? Ken Burns. Ken Where Burns, is- yes, thank you. Uh, yes. Yeah. If Ken Burns was a metalhead, is what I was trying <laughs> to say before I flubbed the line. Oh, um, I like it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just the... Of course, the entire lyrics of it, it's its impossible not to pay attention to the lyrics the way that this is being sung. Um, and so it just the – it has that very like old style, like even kind of like Celtic sound to it of like the, the songs from the Ken Burns documentaries, um, which I know most of them didn't even really have lyrics to them. But it's – that's kind of you know whatever. But then, of course, set to like a double bass kick pedal, and, and yeah, it's, I quite enjoyed it. Um, Bob Dylan, I, I did not dis dislike. Um, I liked it even better now that you know I kept thinking I feel like I've heard this before, but I don't know where I've heard this song. So now, thank you for placing where I've heard this because that was bothering me a little bit. But yeah, so. I, I think I'm just going with uh, with Unleash the Archers just strictly based on the historical significance to it. I, I decided to vote for it before Bill gave his dissertation. That just pushed <laughs> it over the edge. So, yes, I, I'm a sucker for for that like historical stuff. We'll just dumb it down a bit. There you go. All right. And our fifth voter, Joe, Joe, we love you. If you hear this, he's sick tonight. And so we're um, we're all showing some love for Joe. Josh, you said you were, you were going to get his uh, yeah. votes if there was a split, right? Yeah, he voted for Bob Dylan. Ah, come on. Did. Surprise, he surprise. Did. He, he didn't. didn't. I'm joking. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, I don't think he's, I mean, he's not like a huge Bob Dylan fan. I think he likes him fine, but. Um, yeah, he voted for Unleash the Archer, so they so, move on, so no father versus son. Well, good. Those men didn't die in vain then. <laughs> so rest up, Joseph. We hope you get over that raging case of herpes. <laughs> yeah, he was feeling fine. He just couldn't talk because his mouth sores were so big from uh, all the herpes. Yes, that makes sense. So... so- Blisters just locked his mouth open. Hey, Nick. All right, Nick, explain yourself. Yeah, so, yeah, anyway. So. How to pronounce this song? 
Um, so sort of. I did look it up. Um, it's the band's name is Molshat Doma, which translates to houses are silent. Um, the right. title of the song is Sudno, which is it's depending on where you look, it translates in English to either a ship or a tugboat. So I, I really have no idea what that has to do with anything. Granted, I, I really don't know what the song is about. I I found like one one translation of one line, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I is I mean you all know me. I'm just in this for the how it sounds like. But yeah. anyway, so the story behind this is that this oh, hold, is hold on a, yes. We're just trying to figure out how to say it so we can we gotta. Oh gotta yes, yes, yes. So Perfect. so whatever Nick just said, which is Nick. <laughs> to stand still which was james right james that's right yeah talk without speaking scream without raising your voice you know i took the poison from the poison stream then i floated out of All right, Nick. Gotcha. So this is a dark wave post-punk band from Belarus, Um, which the fact that it's, you know, the title and everything is in Russian, like I was kind of like, oh, gosh, Belarus, Russia. That's not cool. Anyway, um, found out that this definitely does not fall under the category of a deep cut because apparently this is one of their most popular songs. But I also figured that none of y'all would have at least ever heard of this band, possibly have heard of this song. I know, heard this song it's... at Kroger today. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this on my easily listening station. Um, so this, the way I found out about this song is that it's, um, it's apparently used in like over 100,000 different TikTok videos. I really? I'm not on TikTok, but I've seen like the 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 Instagram videos, and so around Halloween of last year, there was a bunch that popped up that somebody had made a loop of Wednesday Adams from the old Adams Family TV show dancing, and played that and like played this song to that looped video, and it kind of synced up really well and looked kind of cool, um, so that's kind of why it like made its round. So, but just the the sound of the song is very just like dark and like foreboding. So putting it to an Adams family clip just worked perfectly. Um, the, when I looked this up online to research it a little bit, the, I couldn't really find much information on the band itself. 
Um, I did find something on Pitchfork, though, that said that uh, the band borrowed the lyrics from the song from this Russian poet named Boris uh, Yizzy. Now, I know I'm butchering his name. Yizzy? Uh, Ar- I figured yeah. Josh would know. Um, Yeezy, yeah. Yeezy. Yeah, Yeezy's a little famous, too. He's known as Kanye West in some circles. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I'll, I'll let you get back to that, but, you know. So, but, yeah, so, like, the one line that I found translated is that the line is, living is hard and uncomfortable, but it is comfortable to die. So it's... And I was like, okay, you know, that's a little morose. And then I was like, okay, what's this Yeezy guy about? And then turned out that he, of course, was a uh, Russian poet um, that died of suicide at the age of 26 in 2001. So I was like, oh, great. So this is a happy, cheery song. So that probably would have fit in a lot better with one of our first episodes. But, yeah, so I, I fell under the trap of not knowing what the song was about, I just thought it sounded cool. And then once I started learning a little bit more what it was about, I was like, yeah, probably better off not knowing. So, yeah, I just thought it was a fun listen. So there you go. Nice. All right. So, well, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. No, no you're fine. fine. No, you go. I was just going to ask. So did you hear it um, from that Wednesday Adams thing first? Was that where you heard it? That's where I heard it first, yes, okay. and then I went went out and found it on Spotify and was, listened to the whole thing, and I've heard it a few times since yeah. uh, Halloween. I was just like, where did you find, like, you know, I just don't see this coming up on uh, Spotify, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, no. Whatever, well, I mean, if I was listening to a bunch of Rammstein, maybe it would have come up, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to Rammstein for years. Liar. Right on. Yeah, that's actually my alarm clock in the morning. Who am I trying to kid? Can you sleep in your leather corset? Of course. <laughs> All right, James. All right, cool, you cool. Too. Okay. So, running to stand still on the. This is actually a good pair because Nick had that great happy song you just talked about. Um, this song is about heroin addiction. Huzzah! <laughs> so, um, essentially. Bono had read the story about this dude who uh, was smuggling heroin into Dublin because he was addicted to heroin. And if he got caught, he was going to be sentenced to life imprisonment. And so he just kind of wrapped his head around like, OK, so how do you get in that position? Um, and so his quote about this is um, he said, because for a lot of people, there are no physical doors open anymore. And so if you can't change the world you're living in, seeing through different eyes is the only alternative. And heroin gives you heroin eyes to see the world with. And the thing about heroin is that you think that's the way it really is. That the old you who worries about paying the rent, the old you who just worries, that's not the real you. Um, the line about I see seven towers, but I can't see a way out. That is referring to this like very specific housing project uh, in Dublin where a lot of drug users lived. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's just kind of this sad song. I think it's super pretty. I love the title Running to Standstill. It, before I knew it was about heroin, it reminded me a little bit of parenting sometimes where like, you know, you're running all over the place. You're 
and you're working full time and all that stuff and you just want that one moment to just kind of like catch a breath and then you're mm-hmm. back on the run again right um the title was actually taken from something that um i think it was his bono's brother said or no hold on yeah yeah bono's brother where um he was talking to him and uh he told him i can't take this anymore he was talking about like his jobs like i feel like i'm just running to stand still and meant that he was working constantly but he was only doing it just to pay bills and he wasn't doing much beyond that with it like his the fruit of his labor but i think it sounds amazing um they played this at the concert i saw of them and that made me love it even more um yeah i love running to sandfield it's one of my favorite songs off that album so that's why i picked it and it goes in january what did you say james said it kind of goes along with my theme i picked mostly chill songs this year Uh, so all right bill josh Um, so i i can go i mean i i love you too too. and i love this album and yeah i really like this song bono can make heroin addiction sound gorgeous you know his voice is the best um not probably not a surprise nick that song was not uh, for me, so <laughs> yes, but I'm clutching my pearls. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with owner. There we go. Uh, I really liked both songs. <clears throat> I've never heard this U2 song before, and I'm going to vote for it because the line. Uh, you got to cry without weeping, talk without speaking, scream without raising your voice. Oh, um, good. Yeah, it's it was really good because it's I think all of us have been in that position. It, I had no idea. I didn't get it all that it was about heroin addiction. But um, like, Does that it's kind of reminding you about being a parent sometimes. Yeah, well, that and just every emotional <laughs> range of being a a dad, a husband, uh, everything, and just like, okay, I really want to scream right now, but I'm going to try to do the best I can without raising my voice. And that line, that's the line that hit me, and then I was like, okay, I want to go back and listen to uh, the rest of that again, and then cry without weeping and talk without speaking. I'm like, that's, you know, that fits a lot of things that I've been feeling recently with stuff going on. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I I loved the, I loved the depressing dep- Russian song, but I, I'm going to go for you, too, uh, because of that that line. I just really liked that a whole lot. Nick, I like the Russian song, too. I, it reminds <laughs> me of wave music, so that's always good. That, that was another description I found of them online, is that they're heavily influenced by synthwave, so... I did. They like probably that. listen to the Cure a lot. Take that, Putin. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Hitting him where it li- where he lives. So who did Joe uh, vote for, Eric? He voted for you two. I mean, I, I will say he gave me zero context, so I he could have liked both a lot. I don't know, but <clears throat> so just me. so we can say it happened, I didn't vote. I will go ahead and vote for you two because it is the far superior song. So we've got a clean nice. sweep on that one. Good. Wow, cool. 
Voting against I, I knew that Moleshot Domo was kind of my sacrificial lamb or one of. So no surprises here. All right. Okay, on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was Joseph's song, Jason oh, Isbell and the 400 unit was Sad But True. Oh, gosh. Um, is anyone going to be able to talk about Sad But True? <laughs> <laughs> Three fingers in, which was Bill. Is that you? No, no, that's me. Oh, really, a, yeah, with a swerve. Yeah, change with a swerve. Take the fuel aboard, come burn up the sleep, and drive too far to remember. I mean, I think it literally just said, like, he likes Metallica and he likes Jason Isbell. Um, I love the Metallica song, and Jason Isbell covers it really cool. And then he said it meets his criteria for a good cover, where it's completely different, which makes it worth doing. And I will abstain from giving my opinion until it's time to vote. So, yeah. So, Bill? Or, uh, sorry. No, yeah, James, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Three Fingers In. Um, this is probably the song I've listened to the most this year. Um, I just love the way it sounds. I don't have much to say beyond that. I love some of the lines in it. Um, it would take a mountain of men to move me. Like, okay. And I, it's nothing big. It's just sort of like this little line, but I love when he kind of quietly says, and you told me, wipe your brow, clean me off, give me time to figure it out. And then some songs we could sing and never mean them. Um, toward the end, um, I was the coat nail and the ice on the sheets of the drenched and the soaking wet. Well, it'd be the bit and the rains that broke all the teeth in the mouth. And it'd be the whip on the foreskin of the few that had some left to spare. It's a great, I think this is a great song. I think it's so well written and it sounds incredible and then when he kind of does the i don't even know you what you would call it the uh where he just sort of raises his voice in a long held note at the end right Mm -hmm. it sounds just because the rest of the song is so soft however loud that is just sounds like 10 times louder because the rest of the song is so soft and gentle it's i love it i think it's really well done art so yeah i'll vote for three fingers in but i like that sad but true cover too i thought it was really well done it was super fun country metallica it worked 
All right. Bill, since you're the diehard Metallica fan, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I... So I was super pumped when they announced the... What was it called? The Blackest Album. When it was just, like, all the covers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I... I kind of didn't like it because it quickly turned that I'm like, nope, it just doesn't work. Like some of the covers were cool. I mean, none of them really stood out to me to where I could like really remember them. This one, I I do like that it was, that it was so different from the original, which was great, which does make for a good cover. And Sad But True is such a good, great song. Yeah. That I feel like any cover, no matter how good it is, is kind of doomed to fail because it will never. I don't know. I and it's one of those things like we've talked about this before, like the people who just can't be covered. And I kind of feel like in a way this kind of fits. And uh, so the combined fact of that and the fact that I love Nathaniel so much. Uh, I am voting for three fingers in because yeah. So you mean can't be covered like the same reason like Michael Jackson can't be covered? You mean like that? Yeah, it's just kind of like that intangible quality of like uh, the uh, Jason Isbell did a great job. I thought it was really cool. Uh, I really liked it, but it's just something there that is just like, Sorry, man. Like, it's just it's just a no go. You know, it's kind of like what we're saying. It's like Michael Jackson. Like, it just can't be covered. Like, even if the song itself is a really great cover, it just can't. It just can't be done. Yeah. Because uh, Lars and, is a pedophile. You mean? <laughs> right, Wait, what? Right. <laughs> That's like Michael not... Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. Uh, but yeah, in this song, the song Three Fingers In" is just great. Like, um, I, and I feel like Nathaniel Rateliff is one of those. Is definitely a. If I were to have come across him as a, as I would say, a younger man, uh, I probably wouldn't like him as much as I do now, being in my forties. But um, yeah, this is this is a great song. I had a question. Actually, I wanted to ask you about this song. I vaguely, I thought I remembered, like, when I got into it this year, I'm like, I think Bill texted me this song one night when, like, you were going through all your grad school stuff and your days were just, like, wall-to-wall exhaustion. Um, Is that when you first heard the song was during that period? You know, no, it wasn't. But one of his, one of their songs, uh, Never Grow Old, is the song that got me through all of that. And it's... And it's far more upbeat and happier than this. It's very much in the tone of like "Son of a Bitch," uh, but I I listened to that song on repeat the entire time I was writing my my thesis paper. So uh, I don't know. It, it might have been another one of theirs, but it wasn't. It wasn't this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right, uh, Josh. Um, yeah, I, I'm a huge Jason Isbell fan, but I'm not a um, fan of this fan of cover it. at all, really. And I, I don't, I don't really know. I, really I think you kind of said this, but like, I don't know what to put, you know, why exactly. I just, it just doesn't seem to work. 
I don't know. I, I think it's it's such an iconic song that people are so familiar with in the style that it was obviously originally recorded that it just sounds like weird. I don't know. Just like, why are you doing this? Like, and and I'm not really one to say that you have to have it in a completely different style for it to work. Like I, I don't mind it if it's pretty similar, you know? And so I, I don't know. It just didn't, I wasn't a fan of it, but, um, but I did like uh, your song, James, quite a bit. So it's a pretty, pretty easy one for me as well. So Nathaniel Ratliff, Ratliff, however you say it, gets my vote. Okay. Nick? So you all have made it very easy for me because this is, you know, three to one so far. Because um, actually, I will go ahead and say that this was a very difficult matchup for me. Um, since I was, of course, watching these, or not watching, yes, watching, but listening to these on my phone, um, the, like, the title of the video is so long with the Jason Isbell and the 400 unit, I couldn't see the title of the actual song, because it went off the screen. So as it started, I kind of had that whole mindset of, uh, I, I don't really know Jason Isbell, but I have an inadvertent dislike for any country music that I don't know right off the bat until I let it play for a little while. Um, uh, sorry. Oh, that was, no, that was I, no, I must've echoed lovely. Um, <laughs> but so I had that, like, as it started, I was like, ah, oh, gosh, this is going to be like another, like, I don't think Joe's like super into like the, the whole new country thing, but I, I don't know that I'm going to dig this. And then as soon as it kicked in, I was like, oh, shit, once I realized what it was. So as I've said before, I, I love a good cover song. And I like Joe had kind of said in his, his brief notes, this, this checked the boxes for me. It, was, it sounded different. It was a great rendition. Um, yeah, all of that. Uh, I, I don't think that Metallica is infallible when it comes to like doing covers. I will say, yes, I think Metallica's version of Sad But True is better. I'm, I'm not going to lie there. Um, but I, I still just thought this was a great cover. Um, the Nathaniel Rateliff song, also an amazing song. Never heard it before. Um, and so <laughs> it, I did like think, okay, you know, I'm going to try to listen to the lyrics a little bit better and, and really did misinterpret at first like what the song was about. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. A finger is a drink. So, okay, that's where we're going. All right, got it. It's Nathaniel Rateliff. That Okay, that makes more sense. He's three fingers in. Got it. Okay, I understand now. Um, the I will say for anyone that does uh, listen to our YouTube playlist, if this goes out, just check the image for this song, and you'll see why I misunderstood at first. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I was really conflicted about which song to choose because – I I and I see I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm waffling. Um, <laughs> I think honestly, I'm just gonna go with the Jason Isbell song because it's it's already a done deal that Nathaniel Rateliff is is winning this one, and so I'm I'm just gonna puss out here. Um, I, I could have very well easily 
like voted for Nathaniel Rateliff, though. It, I mean, both of these songs have my heart, and the Jason Isbell song is going to be going into my covers playlist. Nice. Nice. All right. So thank you, Joe. Yeah. Who did Joe vote for on this, by the way? Um, Jason Isbell. Okay. Cool. I I kind of guessed. Yeah. All Jason right. Isbell did uh, really well in another Deep Cuts tournament we had. He had the song Only Children. That went pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I saw him this year, but just don't like that. Just don't like it. Um, okay. So next up we have Eddie Vedder featuring Glenn Hansard, Sleepless Nights, which was me. But then through sleepless nights I cry again. Versus the Presidents of the United States of America with Cleveland Rocks. Oh, yeah. Um, that had to James? have been Bill. That's me. I Bill. knew That's it. Bill. <laughs> it's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skins. You're going Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, okay, so 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 this song is off um Eddie Vedder's Ukulele Songs album, which is a awesome album. And uh it was kinda cool for me recently because I, I loved it when it came out. I'm a big fan of Eddie Vedder, especially just like his voice. Like I I like Pearl Jam a lot, but it's mostly for him and like his songwriting and stuff. And so when he does solo it's almost better for me because you know i i prefer that style or whatever and this is um it's all obviously songs played on a ukulele which is rad and then uh ainsley my oldest um started playing the ukulele and has been playing like pretty much like she's really good at it and uh so it's cool because she doesn't like a ton of the music i do shocker and uh, one day we were driving and I was like, hold on, let me play Eddie Vedder ukulele songs. And it was cool because she liked him. I mean, I don't think she's like super into, <laughs> into, Eddie, into <clears throat> Eddie Vedder now, but she at least could appreciate it because she loves the ukulele. So that was cool. And then add even more Glenn Hansard, my dude. I was just kind of like, yeah, this song rules. And I assumed... You guys weren't familiar, except maybe James, um, being a Pearl Jam guy. But yeah, so that's honestly this isn't like I mean the the song itself is a little just kind of like simple and you know sweet or whatever. So I mean it's it's nothing like monumental or whatever. But I just like it a lot. So 
That's that's sleepless nights. All right, Bill. So, hear about the Drew Carey show. Oh, uh, that's it. That's all I need to say. Hey, done. Done. I mean, I mean mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I this song came up um, as one of the Spotify recommended for you weekly things, and I lost my freaking mind because Presidency of the United States of America, back in the day, they were my freaking band. Nice. And, yeah, I I loved them. I mean, and, I, and it was one of those things where it's kind of like that. You know, if you're to ask anybody, like, what were the first couple CDs you bought with your own money and, like, listened to because it was, like, a big freaking deal and everything? Like, this was one of them. So it was, um, yeah, it was just great. So when I, and I had no idea that this cover existed. So when it, I was driving in my car and it's kicked up, I'm like, holy crap, this is Cleveland Rocks. And I looked over and it's like, Holy shit, it's President of the United States of America singing Cleveland Rocks, and it has Drew Carey shouting Ohio at the end of it. And, and I loved the freaking Drew Carey show back in the day. And so it's just, you know, so this is like the polar opposite of some of the songs. Just like, oh, this has deep emotional meaning to me. I, I guess this does too, just because it's just freaking fun and lighthearted and nothing substantial to it at all other than presence of the United States of America being a bunch of nerds singing Cleveland rocks and that's it. So I have a question though, real quick. So is this not like the original that was played as the theme song <laughs> of the Drew Carey show? Cause it sounds like dead on uh, or no. is this actually a cover of said song? Cause I know it was an actual song yeah. that they used. That's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah, um, yeah, that's me. I know it was the theme song that you carry, but I, I never watched that show a ton at all. So I don't know if it was a different version or the same like, one. I always kind of assumed that it was like the Cars or somebody that like did this song. But then, like, their the even just their vocals in it. Like, granted, I haven't watched the Drew Carey show probably in like <laughs> twenty plus years. Yeah, but this sounds dead on. And then, of course, you have like Drew Carey at the end doing the Ohio bit, and I'm like, oh, this, it was. this may no, this be the long it. form of the original no, song that they used. Well, here we go. So I have it right here, according to Wikipedia. It was released in '79 by Ian Hunter. From the album no You're Never is. Alone of Schizophrenia, which sounds freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> the song was played. Holy shit, this is awesome. So the song was played every Friday at 5 p.m. on the Cleveland radio station WMMS beginning in 1979. Uh, uh, oh, that's cool. In recognition of Cleveland Rocks, Hunter was given the key to the city. That's awesome. Cool. And a cover of the songs by the President of the United States of America was used as the theme song for the Drew Carey show. Okay, there you go. So that's awesome. It. Yeah. Very cool. So, when was the Cleveland, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because that's why I was like, is this a just like a reference to that, or is it like something earlier? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, no, yeah, the, the Hall of Fame didn't open until much later, so yeah. But the whole thing is, like, the, the placement of that is, you know, the, I don't know the guy's name, but 
the story goes is that uh, a Cleveland DJ was the first one to use the phrase rock and roll in oh, reference okay. to the songs uh, that okay. he was playing. Well, that makes so sense to put the yeah. museum in a terrible city that's not near anywhere. <laughs> based on a that. random... Listen to that. Listen to that. <laughs> so, so, but, like, the building was built in 1983. Just looked that up. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though, was much later, right? Because I feel like I, like I remember that happening, and I definitely don't remember being three years old. I don't know. Oh, no. This is this could be a, a wormhole tangent that we're yeah. getting into. Along those lines, we, oh, I was no, up right, at, Nick. It was what? established in '83, chosen in 1986, and dedicated in 1995. There you go. I was about to say, if it wasn't in the '90s, I wow. wouldn't remember. Uh, we were up in Cleveland. I was up there for a science conference uh, the year that Michael Jackson died, and they we found out that they were having a memorial to him. The night we were up there, so Andre and I went up there, and it was a really bizarre twist of like touching moments with people, and then also like this is kind of bonkers right now. Right. I told Andre, yeah, because they had an open mic with people getting up there to talk about Amazing. him and everything. And I told her, I'm like, I swear, if one more person gets up there and says he touched me in so many ways, I will not be able to hold it together anymore. <laughs> And she's like, you've got to stop. And I'm like, I swear, if one more person, he touched me in so many ways. And I'm like, we need to leave. Like, I can't handle this any longer. <laughs> like, Someone oh, needs to call CPS. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man. But it was, uh, it, was, it was an experience. It was cool. So I, I do have, a, like, another serious question, though. Do do you know, like, did Wikipedia say if they wrote the song, spe- like, not wrote, sorry, if President of the United States covered this song specifically to be used for the Drew Carey show, or had they already covered it and the Drew Carey show was like, hey, can we use that? Uh, I don't know. Let me look at the phrasing. Come on, Bill. Because, I mean, with having Drew Carey in there at the end, my assumption would be that it was written, like covered for the purpose of being used on the yeah. show. It but was, this could also just be a re-released show, version. But Drew Carey still did that at the yeah. end. Yeah. And then when... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they hired random comedian without a TV show to yell Ohio at the end. They're like, someday this guy's going to host The Price is Right, so we've yeah. got to have him on our song. I just saw I just a clip saw- today of the uh, Price is Right where Drew Carey gave this girl that was in a wheelchair a treadmill. And it is <laughs> hilarious. Oh, no. He had to have reacted, right? Right. Nope. No. They literally just pretend nothing is going on. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm like, I don't understand. You have a million prizes and you can't just like call an audible and like switch it up. Like, so yeah. that answers yeah. a question I've yeah. always wondered was that if he like taking that hosting job, did he just let his comedic side die? And apparently he did because that was a golden opportunity. I don't know what he got. <laughs> yeah. Very awkward moment. Uh, so it says a cover of the song was used as the theme song. So that makes it sound like uh, it was Intended. covered yeah. and then used. So. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so Eddie better moves on. 
Do you guys remember that Eddie Vedder t-shirt I had in college? Yes. It's a picture of a yeah. fat kid and it said Eddie Vedder under it. Yes, I remember it very well. <laughs> so, Best shirt ever. So so then let's discuss that. I mean, I, I have been one that I've always kind of – and I'm sure it's directly influenced by Bill and his t-shirt – but I've always been one that in my mind I thought it's very easy and fun to make fun of Eddie Vedder. So yeah, I've yeah. never really been that big of a like uh, Pearl Jam fan or anything. Because well, he's the fat kid on my T-shirt. Exactly. Yeah. But at you the same time, like to it's make like fun of fat people, Bill. Of course, well, the, they're the ones that should have gotten the treadmill. Yeah, absolutely. Am I right? But it's amazing. Am I right? <laughs> eh? Eh? <laughs> but like I've I've never really actually thought, okay, I dislike Pearl Jam and here's why. It's just like, eh, well, you know, I'm not that into him. It's just fun to make fun of Eddie Vedder. But over the years, the more and more I've heard like like song, their songs and stuff. I'm like, I, you know, it's listenable. I like it. This song, I mean, it's different. I've never actually, that I'm aware of, never actually heard Eddie Vedder just by himself detached from Pearl Jam. I'm sure I have, but I just can't think of it at the moment. And so when I saw his Eddie Vedder and Glenn Hansard, I was like, okay, I'm going to sit up and listen to this a little bit more. And then I saw it was ukulele songs. I was like, okay, this is weird. I really have to listen now. Um, so yeah, I I actually really dug it. Um, I'm probably gonna like try and like check out that album on Spotify or something because it was just it was a good listen and did like again completely detached from Pearl Jam and nothing against Pearl Jam but completely detached from them. I was like I kind of actually like his voice in this. It's I mean it's different. So um, yeah. And then, but then you have Cleveland Rocks, which, like Bill said, I was a huge, huge Drew Carey show fan. I loved that show and would watch it religiously. And even when it went to syndication, I would every day watch the reruns of it. it I just thought it was fantastic. And then, of course, once Drew Carey was hosting, like, uh, the. Ah, uh, oh, crap. My brain is. Price is right. No, not the price is right. The. Oh, oh whose line is it? Whose line? Yeah, I was yeah. like, why, why can I not think? Yeah, when he was hosting that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. And so I just became more and more a big Drew Carey fan. Um, haven't really watched The Price is Right since I was younger, so I don't really – I'm not like 87. So Or homesick from school. Yeah, yeah. there's that. There's that. There. There's yeah. the yeah, there it is. I, I would cut that with uh, watching reruns of MASH when I was home from at school or home from school. Um, but yeah, so I will actually give my vote to Eddie Vedder on this one just because, yeah, sorry, Bill. You're voting for the fat kid. I'm voting for the fat. <laughs> hey, I am the fat kid now. Leave me the fuck Jeez. All right. Bill walking around just shoving people into lockers like a jerk. Exactly. <laughs> Never thought that'd be you, Bill. You've changed. You've changed. <laughs> changed. Yeah. The president of the United States of America fan is being a bully. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, I Bill is one of the most fun guys I know, and this song is super fun, and I love it. It was the bomb. It was great. I really, and like Josh brought up, I like Eddie Vedder. Like, I've always loved Pearl Jam, and I really like uh, this cover. This is, or not this cover, but this duet. This is like the Josh Heiser dream couple right here. And um, I hate to vote against your all-star team because they did a really great job, and it's a great song. But I think it might be because we have so many serious songs that Cleveland Rocks kind of stood out just for being fun. So I'll pick Cleveland Rocks. Well, don't worry, James. Uh, Joseph voted also for Eddie Vedder, so... There you go. Moving on. Gasp. Yeah. Well, you you rock, James. I do go to hell. Not a fan of Cleveland Cleveland Rock. A bunch of Kentucky bred, (laughs) non Ohio appreciating monsters. Yeah, next week I'm going to put in the Friends theme song and see how far we can get that one. (laughs) I'll be there for you guys. That'll be next. True deep cut. Last week all right. we weekend, the number one Billboard song of all time. <laughs> okay, moving on, we've got the Lemonheads lemon with Skulls. I'm going to guess Bill. That's it. up against my um welcome to earth Sturgill Simpson which was me but you'll always be my first wish I'd done this ten years ago but how could I know how could I know Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, so Skulls is one of my favorite Misfits songs. It's super awesome. So I, I've uh, talked about the Misfits before where it's that uh, I would divide it between like the Glenn Danzig Misfits where uh, it's like the like dudes who would beat you up in high school Misfits versus like the monster uh, Michael Graves era of Misfits where they're just singing about goofy monsters and all that. But yeah, so again, a Spotify treasure that was given to me. And again, driving home and it started up, I'm like, holy shit, this is a really low-key version of Skulls. So hearing this sweetly sounding version of this song talking about uh, peeling skin off people's faces and seeing your skin turned inside out because I got to have you on my wall and then uh, collect the heads of little girls and put them on my wall. It's just great. It is so uh, far from the original 
it's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that that explains a lot because I'm not familiar uh, with the Misfits, but I was like, I don't understand this song. And then when you right when you said Misfits, I was like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. So this is my it's my favorite um, Sergio album, and it's the first song on it. So it's a kind of like theme album where it's about like a sailor going off and it's got like all the like nautical type theme so that is um awesome but anyway the song itself is obviously about him having his first kid and it's just so good i love it how it's um got like three different kind of songs in one song where you're like wait what is happening i thought it was this kind of song and then it changes and so the first time i heard it i just loved that like you know you know kind of change a few times in it um i love that he's a really i think that he's a really good writer but this song really the the lyrics are all pretty like like not cliche but just kind of like you know about what I like about it is like when you have all of us have had um, a kid, especially the first time you're like, I really don't like all of the kind of cliches are true. Like there's nothing new to say. Like, it's just like, you're my whole world now and nothing else matters, you know, like all that kind of, and I feel like that's what a lot of the lyrics are like in this one. Um, So I just like that, that I, you know, I think he's a really talented uh, songwriter but like for this song it's just kind of like this shit's pretty cool you know like I mean it's still well written and there's a lot of cool lines but um, it's not like super poetic um, there was something else I was going to say with this one I don't know I, I love it It's I'll probably remember when we're talking about it but I actually really liked your song Bill it's a bummer that it's up against this one um it was confusing. I was kind of, I meant to look it up and just be like, what, what is this? Is there like a meaning or is it just like goofy shit for the sake of goofy shit? Um, so yeah, that's Sturgill and it, it's not like one of his hits or anything. So qualified. Anybody want to go first? Nick, you want to go first this time? Sure, I'll jump in on this one. Um, This was another one that was... uh, I kind of hated this matchup because I love both of these songs. Um, It's... I I, I love that we are doing these deep cut, like loose interpretation deep cut tournaments because I am getting to hear more and more examples from musicians or bands that I haven't ever really listened to that much. And this is what, like the, this has to be like the fourth, fourth or fifth Sturgill Simpson song we've yeah, had, right? It's been on a lot, yeah. And and it's just friend of the knocks podcast. it out of the park every <laughs> freaking time. Podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast. <laughs> Please come on sometime, Sturgill. We'd love to have you. Oh man. Um, but yeah, like seriously, knocks it out of the park every time. Um, I I freaking love the nautical theme and everything. That's just really really cool. Uh, I too, like Josh, was a little bit confused by the Lemonhead song because I also did not know. I I think I even vaguely had the thought of this. This sounds like this is a song from like some other, like like 
band, like some, some, not even just some other band, but some other band that Bill's probably like really into. Um, I didn't think, you know, Misfits. I didn't, I wasn't that spot on. But when you say that though, it makes so much more sense. And that actually makes me like it even more because I love a good cover song. Um, but since I didn't know that beforehand, I have to go with the information that I had. And I, I still just really loved um, Skulls. It, I mean, the, the, it is such a good, like, weird yet mellow, like, it's just a weird freaking song. Just the whole composition <laughs> was weird. Um, and I really dig that. Um, the Sturgill Simpson song with it changing, like, into, like, two or three different songs through it, I, I really like that. But it kind of threw me off guard at one point and kind of, like rock me back on my heels for a little bit. I was like, oh, that's, you know, completely different than what I was just listening to. Um, so I'm going to lean with the Lemonheads this time. And that'll okay. that'll be where I'm going. Okay. All right. So um, I like the Sturgill song and anything about having a kid always, you know, hits a soft spot for, you know, a softie. So, yeah, it was great. But the lemon, I love the lemon heads. When I was in high school, they were probably one of the most listened to bands in my car. Um, I had the It's a Shame About Ray album, I had the Come On Feel album. This song, I don't know if you guys, I don't guess you would know this, but so yeah, this is a Misfits cover. It's actually from an EP. The song that's right before it is a New Kids on the Block cover. <laughs> Yeah, there's just awesome. like so the Lemonheads like Evan Dando's the lead singer, the main songwriter. He's better known by himself, I think, than the Lemonheads, the band um, collectively. And really, it's just sort of like the Lemonheads are just Evan Dando and whoever he feels like playing with for a few months. And that's the Lemonheads. But um, yeah, I love the Lemonheads. And it made me think when I saw Bill nominate this, I was like, oh. Lemonheads, oh my gosh. And it made me wish I would have nominated these two songs. One is called Style. And then the other one from the same album is called Rick James Style. And it's the exact same song, but it's done in that kind of acid funk vibe. And it has Rick James singing on it. It's so freaking fun. Lemonheads, again, Evan Dano is just a big weirdo, but he's great. Music's so good. Um so and so I loved it before I even heard it. And then I heard it and I'm like, man, yeah, this is fan freaking tastic. So I'm voting for the Lemonheads on this one, too. Oh, so Bill, had you shared this song at some point before? Because I was I, just going through and adding this, adding like songs to my cover playlist and it's already on there. I just don't remember it. I'll say not. And I know a, I didn't find it on my own. I know that. that. Yeah, I think maybe I just shared it like as a random in text. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad to rediscover it then. All right. Um, so, yeah, so we don't need Joseph's, but he did vote for Sturgill. Well, I'm assuming you're voting for your own bill. I am. Okay. All right. But I do love that song, though, and I do love Sturgill. Well, he's you're dead to him now. So, <laughs> um, Sturgill or Joe? <laughs> Sturgill. Sturgill. 
Um, so next up, so next we, got up we got the yeah. This is the the star fucking hipsters. Two cups of tea. That was me. Versus uh, Jars of Clay with Silence, which was James. You leave me frozen. I never felt so cold. I thought you were silent. Yeah, I thought you left me. It's uh again Spotify recommended song and I love the just how it's pretty chill and then it just goes nuts and <laughs> yes. I that's it. I mean that's really it and I just love that that uh comparison and you know I love the the, some of the lines here where it's like, you know, uh, the polluted acid rain and flaming gasoline until we're clean. And I don't know, it feels not I'm saying it like it feels very much like I don't know when this song came out or much about this band, but it feels very much uh, that fits the thinking of people of my age of just, I don't know, relaxed and then angry and then. We just might as well set ourselves on fire until we're clean and government lies, empty eyes, dead police everywhere. That's all we can do. <laughs> and so anxiety, the line anxiety, another gift from you to me. So everything fails. My bleeding bitten fingernails sores can be anxiety. You know, it fits sometimes. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, this is a good nuts song that I'm like, well, I doubt anyone's heard this band or the song. So I'll toss it in there. All right. So before I talk about mine, um, I will say I didn't know the band or the song and best band name I've heard in forever. <laughs> and I love the song. I thought it was great. I listened to I listened to this playlist, I think, like four or five times just because I was enjoying the 16 so much. And this one in particular, I listened to probably another four or five times because I thought it was really good. Really fun. Uh, Silence by Jarsa Clay. You know that have, has everybody here seen Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know that part at the beginning when he's singing and he's singing like this old hymn, and the guy goes, "I don't believe you." The song that you would sing if you had five minutes to live and you knew you were going to die. I want to hear that song, right? Yeah. Yeah. In some moods, this would probably be that song for me. Um, I love it. I think it's amazing. Um, it can make me cry my eyes out sometimes. Um, it can really kind of calm me and give me peace sometimes. Um, yeah, it's great. And I've read about it a long time ago, like where the singer, uh, the songwriter, Jarza Clay, was 
and he said essentially of this song and like there's a few songs on the album that are kind of like this he's kind of said like i think this is just for some reason i thought like this is where people are right now and that we need more representation of this and this goes back to bill's quote uh from bono where he said christian music should sound more like the blues um so yeah it's it's great it's great i love the lamentation and i'm voting for it but i really loved two cups of tea too. well and, and here's the thing james like i i appreciate the tone of this song so much that i'm i'm voting for yours as well like because it's uh i uh, think if there was more out there like this people would be more willing to uh open up and be honest about their faith and even maybe even accepting a faith that wouldn't be so you know because it just is like well you should just be happy because you love jesus all the time you know like everything's happy and it's not and so it's it it hits so yeah i can good conscious vote for star fucking hipsters over this great song so (laughs) there we go one note i forgot to mention with the kind of what you brought up the feel of the song the crickets in the background that you can hear through the whole thing it just kills me it's just like the perfect mood setting for it yeah Yeah. all right josh what about you man well i mean i i'm when i was like when this album came out i was like they were my favorite band so i i was super happy when this album came out and it was awesome because it was like one of those like this could you know they could just kind of be like over or they could just like take it to the next level and they definitely did that and this was like <coughs> the standout song for sure as far as just like yeah it was it's it, the fact that it's like still in rotation like all these years later is pretty awesome and i think it's cool the guy that you mentioned the lead singer dan hazeltine you know there's like all these old christian bands that are now like trumpers and like on fox news and like you know just like embarrassing and dan hazeltine this guy is like i mean i don't know if i'd say liberal but i mean he's like progressive and super cool and not into trump or like guns or like thinks COVID's a hoax and all that stuff so it's pretty cool that it's like you know this guy is and he's also part of the chosen which if anybody hasn't seen it's a really awesome show um, oh cool like i a, didn't know that no. yep. um wait how's he involved with that i think he's a producer or somebody oh, okay. i think he does some of the music too okay cool um so yeah um i did actually love your song bill and it was like chaos and i just love like where it went a few different times and stuff but uh i can't not vote for for silence so that gets my vote so you said it's still in rotation was it like ever a single or anything like that well, or no, was... i mean like, <coughs> for us like, like okay. still like, like still listening still to, like i'm not listening to the newsboys or anything like from, <laughs> right, from back yeah. then <laughs> I don't you know buy me. I'm a big Newsboys fan. <laughs> they are one of the audio journaling. Oh yeah, that's who it was. 
I was trying yeah. to set you up a softball pitch there, James, but I got the band I, wrong. Hashtag yeah. big big house. Hashtag Rebecca. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Nick. All right. So I I yeah 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 yeah. Um this is one that like originally I was like, okay, this is an easy vote because you know, I've never been all that into jars of clay. Um, I was I was one of those I hate to admit this, but I was one of those people that like when uh, rain came out, I was like, oh, this band is freaking awesome. And then, you know, none of their other stuff was like that song. So, Thankfully. Uh, yeah, it's called it, flood. 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 Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. My bad. I was thinking rain, rain on my face. Leave me alone. See. <laughs> Um, you work at Family Christian Bookstore, <laughs> and I purposely ignored everything there. Like, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But like, Star Fucking Hipsters, I was like, okay, you know, it, when it started out, I was like, okay, is this, you know, maybe a cover of a Ramones song because it's kind of got a Ramones vibe to it? Until the screaming kicked in, I was like, okay, now this is a whole other thing. Um, so it 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 got me with. The simplicity of it at first, and then the screaming of it, and then the more I listened to the Jars of Clay song, I was like, okay, no, this is, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to be listening to the lyrics here. Like, it it, it just, it's it feels like an important song. I feel like I should listen more than just consume. Um, and so the more I listened to it, I was like, okay, I really started to dig it. And, and like you said, James, the crickets just add so much. Like, there's a, uh, a Maylene and the Sons of Disaster song that I've shared before, which this is, is completely nothing like Jars of Clay, but it starts out with, like, the sound of, like, Backwoods, Alabama or something like that, and you just hear the crickets and the tree frogs, and it's just – it's beautiful, and it adds so much to the song. Um, that being said, I'm still going to go with Star Fucking Hipsters just to be that agent of chaos in this. And I I went with my initial gut. If I listened to this two or three more times, it would go jars of clay. So, star fucking hipsters it is. Well, Bill, if you had voted for your own, you would have moved on because Joseph voted for them. But oh, really? Oh. It's such a good song. It, <laughs> it, three cups of tea, so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. All right. Let's see. So next up, we have Cam Cole Mama. I'm going to guess Nick. You are correct, sir. Versus the Wallflowers Bleeders, which James, you mentioned is you. Yeah. Nick? 
So, Josh, I will ask, were you guessing this was me because of a TV show? Uh, no. I will get into that. Okay. <laughs> so, Cam Cole um, started out as a one-man band street musician in London. The way I found out about the, him, and then this is how I figured you knew him, Josh, was that he appeared in the fourth episode of the first season of Ted Lasso as himself. The the context yeah the context of it was that he was a last minute replacement for Robbie Williams at a charity dinner. That guy. Yeah, that is that guy. So basically, they they go like go out on the street like the Ted from the show has seen this guy out on the street playing and um, realized that his boss needed somebody to step in and he like ran out on the street and they got him and brought him in and he's just like everybody's like who is this homeless guy looking person and it was just he just tore the house down um with this song and so yeah it (laughs) it like i is one of those that like when i first heard it i was like okay i really enjoy this this was not a it didn't have to grow on me i really enjoyed the song i thought it was great the fact that it was in an episode of one of my like now favorite tv shows made it even better um i loved the it's a very sentimental show like it, there's it's a really freaking hilarious but it's very sentimental and it's like it, it's one of those that'll make you tear up a little bit and this was one of those moments because he was stepping in to help his friend who was not being such a good friend to him at this point but anyway about the the song though <coughs> like this guy apparently this was off his first album. He did, you know, of course, most of his performances on the street. Uh, didn't really do like shows or like big gigs or anything like that. So he was just kind of discovered and put on, you know, this TV show, and that kind of like made him blow up. And he was gonna like, was like, okay, great, now I can you know do my second album and go out on tour, do these like bigger venues and stuff. And then COVID hit, so he. I'm not sure. I'm sure he's like probably doing like, like clubs and stuff now. But like he had to is like, hey, you know, I get this opportunity. Nope, stay at home. Um, so that you know, I was like, oh, that kind of sucks for him. But then the lyrics of the song are like super, super simple. And this is you know where maybe you know some people might dig it. Maybe some people might not because it's you know it's kind of repetitive. Um, but the, essentially what the song is about is about, he's like singing to mother nature as mama and talking about like the, like the, the bad things you know, done to the planet and all this and blah, blah, blah. But it's also kind of funny because he's got a line in there that basically says, and I, I didn't write this line down, but basically says something along the lines of punish my brother. Don't punish me. And it says, cause I'm a good boy to my mama, but I've got bad siblings. So he's basically saying, you know, we fucked up the planet, but hey, you know, I didn't do anything bad. Don't punish me for it. So I thought that was kind of funny. But it's just, I mean, the fact that the guy is, he comes from being a one-man band, which you hear one-man band and you just think the the stereotypical, like, corny, like, guy with a, like, harmonica and, like, a, a... all these other instruments attached to him that looks basically like somebody from a circus. 
And that's that's not what he is. He's got like a his drums are like suitcases and all this other stuff, and he is playing it all at once, but not in like the corny sense. So I just kind of thought that like that's I mean it's hard enough, I'm sure, to play one instrument and sing, but to play like everything at once, like I mean, hell, I know Dave Grohl did all the instruments and everything on the first Foo Fighters album, but he didn't do it all at one time. He had to loop the recording. So I just admire his talent, and I like really like the song. So, yeah, there you go. All right. James? Okay, so Leaders by the Wallflowers. Um, I got this album, like, right away. Um, I had heard... On, I think it was VH1, they played um, Sixth Avenue Heartache. It was like, so, and again, I got, I was in early on this one. Like, it was a song where, like, they used to do their top 20 video countdown, like MTV would, right? And so, it was like, it peaked at, like, 17, and then it fell out. And then, like, a couple, and then, and that's when I went up and bought the album. Like, man, that song's so good, I'm never going to hear it anymore, I guess. I thought it would blow up, and it didn't. So I went and got the album, and then like a m- month or two later, like one headlight really blew up, and then so like okay, so now they're a thing, and then Sixth Avenue Heartache came back around. But this was always my favorite song on the album. As soon as I got it, um, I love it. Uh, I love how calm it is. I love how it picks up in the chorus. Um, I love the whole. I guess I should be ashamed, but I forget to be vain. I did the best I could, I guess. Um, but everything just bleeds. Sort of like in the line, they say you're only sad and lonely and no one is impressed. It's kind of that thing where, you know, you keep going and you can't really let what other people think about you matter too much. And you can't live to impress other people. So as a 17-year-old, that thought really resonated with me being in high school. Like, yeah, none of this. That was right when I was going through my whole, like, realization. Like, none of this matters. I don't have to care about any of these people that, you know, wouldn't care so much if I died. I have people that love me, and their opinions should matter, and no one else's should. Uh, so, yeah, this song kind of really brings me back to that moment. But I love it, and I love the way it sounds. So, yeah, that's why I picked it. Nice, nice. All right, um... So yeah, so that's funny. I didn't watch the video, Nick. So I didn't see him. Um, but I love that episode of Ted Lasso, and I did like it, and it sounded familiar. So that's probably why you said this is the actual song he sings in the show. Yeah, it's the same song. Uh, well, it's a great um, song. I loved it. Yeah, I. I was kind of up in the air, so I feel like knowing that it's Ted Lasso pushed it over the edge because I was just <laughs> a little bit of a flip of a coin for me. But I like this Wallflower song. I I listened to this album when it came out, but I I never like went all in or anything on them. It was just kind of like you know, like I I should like them because of Bob Dylan, but really I just just couldn't get into them you know, hardcore, but I didn't like this album and this song is good, but I'll go with, I'll go with, um, uh, Cam Cole Cam on Cole. this one. All right, Bill, how about you, man? Uh, this one's tough for me. Cause I like them both 
the same. Um, I think it'll go think Cam it'll... Cole. Go on Cam Cole on that one. Cam Cole's dead even. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There we go. Both What's Joe done? He had the Wallflowers, which I, which I find confusing, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Last one, the ghost, well, scroll nut zippers with, with ghost of Stephen Foster. That's Stephen me. Stephen Foster, uh, which is Bill. of Stephen Foster at the Hotel Paradise. This is what I told him as I gazed into his eyes. Ships were made for sinking, whiskey made for drinking. If we were made of cellophane, we'd all get stinking drunk much faster. <laughs> Come down, ladies, never saying all that you not No, no, no. Versus the Proto Men Act to light up the dot dot dot. What is what's the last part of that? Uh, light up the night. That's also me. Oh, okay. Yep. It's a bill on bill action. Yeah. Yes. A lot of bill, bill off. <laughs> oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, yeah, they're just fun, fun goofball songs. I mean, I mean the, the scroll nut zippers are super cool. And uh, this one was just absurd. Like, why are they singing about Stephen Foster? And when they do the whole Camp Town Ladies, never saying all the dude all day, no. Like, is this great? Like, I was thinking about this. Because uh, it was a memory that I had forgotten of, but then James reminded me of a couple years ago when I I kind of feel like it was a jerk thing to do, but I was kind of making fun of someone we knew who used to do magic tricks at in college, and I did well, like the thing. Seen, though. <laughs> yeah, like just being a goofball, like mixing crap together and just calling it magic, like. I feel this is like a song version of that because it's just so fucking goofy. Like, it just is. Uh, and then the Proto Men is just like a super fun, new, retro-sounding song uh, that just, like, you could easily just think, like, cool, I'm, like, 10 years old on my bike listening to this song and, like, just tearing it up down the streets. And it's just super Fun. So I'm voting for that one, the Proto Men, uh, over Ghosts of Stephen Foster. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm also voting for the Proto Men. I like that song a lot. So, Good oh, man. I, yeah, I like them both too. Um, it reminded me of something you, I think, Bill, you said this a couple of weeks ago how music inspired by the 80s is sometimes better than actual 80s music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this reminded me a lot of um, Rick Springfield, and I thought, but it's better than Rick Springfield. But I'm still voting for the Ghost of Stephen Foster just because it was so weird, and I loved it. <laughs> awesome. 
<laughs> I will say I that, like, listening to the Proto Men, I kept thinking this feels like it should be in a movie. And then I, I came to the realization that it was like, okay, the 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 beat to the song kind of makes you like want to like real quick kind of like bounce back and forth. And I was like, what other song like maybe maybe feel like that? And it was in Shaun of the Dead when they're beating the bartender with the pool sticks. I was like, oh, oh yeah, I can get that's that, the whole yeah. movement. I get that shoulder movement. I was like, but you know, it doesn't feel like a Shaun of the Dead song. I was like, it feels like a song that should be in They Live. So if Ooh, somebody nice. ever made a movie that was a cross between They Live and Shaun of the Dead, this song would be in it. Nice. Um, Good one. That being said, Squirrel Nut, Squirrel Nut Zippers was absolute insanity, and I they, they're not a band that I know a lot about, but any time I've heard them, I've thoroughly enjoyed, and so I'm going to go with Squirrel Nut Zippers. Oh, wow. Nice. All right. Time? Yeah. So Joseph voted for the Proto Men. Alrighty. Act two, light up the night. That moves on. Sorry, Bill. Also, congrats, Bill. <laughs> All right. There was one I'm looking back through. I can't remember which one won. It was the President's of the United States of America versus Eddie Vedder. <laughs> it was President's. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was Eddie Vedder. Okay, I thought it was Eddie Vedder. <laughs> yeah, it was. I just everyone voting for the fat kid. It sounds like a a good documentary. Eddie Vedder versus the presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> it's about the war in Iraq. Um, okay. The all right, we're going back through. Unleash the archers. I'm just gonna say the band names, unless mm-hmm. you need further. Uh, versus I'm going to need you to sing the first few lines of each song. <laughs> Wait, um, Unleash the Archers versus U2. Can you be more specific? Unleash the Archers have a lot of hits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> U2, however, is, never heard of it. <laughs> Unleash the Archers, it was Ants Marching is the oh, song. <laughs> Gosh, I swear, I thought that was by Bob Dylan. Um, <laughs> Wallflower. Um, <laughs> Voting for you too. Me, it's archers. Ooh, this is where where it'll be hard because Joseph is not here. Oh yeah, to break a tie. What are you gonna do? Flip a coin? Well, we could just go with did he vote for either one of these songs previous? But I already erased all that from my notes, so I I, I think I remember, Josh. I think I remember. Okay. Okay. Just just don't steal the vote, James. I will, but could, we might not need technically it. Technically, he he could have voted for both. Really, you know what I mean. That's also he, true. I, I was did. gonna like burn that bridge when we got there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, right Nick, so, are you for? So, unleash the archers, or you two? I'm gonna go unleash the archers. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> in know. this scenario, and again, he might not like the song better, but he voted for you two, and he voted okay. for Bob Dylan. Okay. Right. So Correct. then Joe's vote would be for for you. Wait, no, 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 wait, wait. He did vote for Unleash the Archers, didn't he? Because we sounds were... more like him. Yeah, he did. He yeah, he voted for Unleash the Archers because you said he's not the biggest Bob Dylan fan. Right. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so, so I, he voted for both. What do we? Do? I know Let's him pretty well. Right. Okay. I'm yep. 
all, like ninety nine percent sure he would vote for Unleash the Archers on this one. You should okay. text him I, and wake his ass up and get his vote. <laughs> I, I, he likes U2 and this, you know, not a hater, but I think this style of U2 song is not his favorite. But, I mean, we can we can no. determine it however. Trust in your judgment. Want. That is yeah. fair since Josh is a clone of Joe. You know, yeah, he's I mean, the I'm, most qualified to answer. And, and I think and that's fair other. because I want to win. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right, let's see. let's see. So then, next up is Nathaniel Ratliff, Three Fingers In, uh, versus Eddie Vedder and Glenn Hansen. I mean, I'm I'm voting for Eddie Vedder, but I don't think it'll Nathaniel. <laughs> I'm voting for Nathaniel Ratliff here. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah. Nathaniel Ratliff. Right. Let's see. So then we got Lemonheads versus Jars of Clay. Lemonheads. I'm going to go with Jars of Clay. I'm going Jars of Clay. Lemonheads. Tied up again. I think Joe would vote Lemonheads, right, Josh? Yeah, he would. He ain't, he ain't picking no Jesus song on, <laughs> on here. All right. And actually, I kind of regretted my... It's weird because I I would pick Jar that Jars song, but when you say... You know what I mean? Deep cuts, it's like... I'm like super familiar with the song, so I've sometimes have gone with the other one in the past on that. But anyway, Lemonhead moves on. Cam Cole versus the Proto Man. I'm going Cam Cole. Proto Man. I'm going Cam Cole. What did you did you say, James? Cam Cole. Okay. All right. Moving on. Final four, as always. We have U2 versus Nathaniel Ratliff. Ratliff. Wait, no, I thought, thought only uh, the Archers uh, winners. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. So Unleash the Archers versus Ratliff? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm Archers. going with then still. Okay. It's split. I'm going Ratliff. What? So what did you say, James? Nathaniel Ratliff. Okay, yeah. So that's right what, now it's I mean, two I was, one. I was gonna say Nathaniel Ratliff. Okay, there we go. There he goes. Uh, okay, so Lemonheads versus Cam Cole. Mm. Mm. Lemonheads. That's tough. Lemonheads. I think I'm gonna go Lemonheads. Yeah, let's make it unanimous. Okay. And then. So Nathaniel versus Lemonheads. <laughs> I gotta go Lemonheads, man. <laughs> I gotta go Nathaniel Ratliff, but yeah, I'm very happy with this final. <laughs> man, I don't man. know. Uh, I'll go Lemonheads. Um, it's. <sighs> You know, Josh, I, if you split, we can do a cliffhanger and get Joe's vote. Yeah, I like I like that. Cause, well, well, I can't remember the votes, but I would pick Nathaniel. Is that does that still make it a? That's two two. The, that okay, does yeah, make that it a split. It yeah. All right. So we're gonna do a cliffhanger uh, episode. Yeah, we have to go back. 
yes. And this is where you put in that audio clip. <clears throat> All, right. All right. So it should come to a sudden screeching stop, like record I, scratch. I do we have feel to like go back. That would be a pretty difficult one to pick uh, for Joseph because I could see him liking both of them. So. Oh yeah. We will see. Cool. Whoa. Just like blah, all blah, of them. Dun dun dun. All right, everybody, call him after this right. recording. Right. Wake him up. Yeah. Answer. <laughs> How's that headache? Next week, we got Tupac, we got the Waylon Jennings, we got uh, Connor Oberst twice, uh, Velvet Underground, yeah. and Black Thought. So, tune in. And there's also some Oompa Loompa video by some band I've never heard of. I wrestled a bear once. What a good <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I feel like uh, we had some really mismatched weeks where it's like... Like Joseph said, he had one song this week, and then there's some weeks where people have like four or something. Yeah, I was, I I was pretty well dispersed. I think the most <laughs> I had in one week was like maybe three. Yeah, but that that doesn't math right, does it? No. How many songs did we pick? Sixteen. Well, 16. you never notice, but I usually no. just swap out some of yours with more of mine. Uh, okay, there <laughs> we go. That, that makes sense. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, fellas. Cool. We did it again. Oops. Yay! One more to go, guys. <laughs> For March Madness. Exactly. Love it. March Sadness. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, yeah. And to quote Nick, bye. Yeah, bye. See you guys. Bye.